Well, hey, we're picking up uh, our series. Um, for those of you who've been tracking with us, we, we just had the privilege to host a new spiritual mamas, mom and pop, uh, Hal and Debbie Perkins. And it was just an unbelievable conference on discipleship and how to be trained to become like Jesus. And so I felt very clearly from the Lord we were to continue that conversation. And so we've started a series now, week two, called Basic Training. And, uh, and just by way of review, if you go um, to the next slide, um, <clears throat> it's important that we get our words worked out. You saw this slide if you were with us last week. The word disciple is used almost 300 times, okay? That's a lot in the Bible. So we should probably listen to what it's about, what it means, what it, the implications are. And then the phrase, the way, say the way, is used five times. And it was, it was a shorthand way to describe those who pledged their allegiance to King Jesus and who followed a way of life. It wasn't just a code of beliefs. It was a way of belonging to each other, to God, to be witnesses in the world. They were called followers or those that belonged to the way five times. So from 300 to five, I still like the odds. And then actually the word Christian, again, we're not anti the word Christian, but we just have flipped the script and that's why we see what we see. A bunch of people who claim, but then their lives don't all that often mirror it. It's used three times. Say, I'm going to say three times in the Bible. So if you were just, you know, totally a newbie, and maybe you're a newbie here, you're like, what are you even talking about? Well, I'm telling you, if you had to land on a word to describe that which God is calling us into, what would you say just by the evidence? He's looking for disciples. So the obvious question is, what is a disciple? Justin, if you could stay on top of it with me, um, go to the next slide. Um, thank you. Um, and the, the, the idea of, of the disciple carries with it the connotation of a learner. Someone say learner. Or a follower, or, you know, for our modern language, a student, okay? A student who falls a master or a teacher. So we're students. And how many know that Jesus is our teacher presently by his spirit? Man, someone. Jesus is our teacher. And he also happens to be our curriculum. He has the audacity to say, I am the way, the truth, Help me out, brother. Next slide. Don't talk to him. Go to the next slide. Thank you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so Jesus has the audacity to call us to be students, but students of a very specific curriculum, namely himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says elsewhere that I have set you an example through my life, through my teachings, that you should do as I've done for you. So a working definition of a disciple is the next slide. Someone who is, read it with me, following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. I don't have time because it doesn't matter how much time I have because we were following the Lord during worship and ministry time, but I'm going to skip a bit. Um, the point is that Jesus in every way is qualified to do all of those, to lead us as his followers, to transform us as his children, and then to do mission and life with us side by side. He's totally qualified. Read this with me. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. I love this. Look at this. Stop right here. It's so funny that those next three words, it's enough. Someone say, it's enough. I love it. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. 
So the goal of this whole thing of being a disciple, it's just enough that you'd be in love and serve and be about Jesus. How many got that figured out? You could preach the rest of the sermon. That's why it's called basic training. How many know each of us comes in with different baggage and stuff and we need to unlearn 80% of stuff and then relearn and then refashion and retain and we're more transformed, not just by what we learn, but by how we live and then we come back and we discuss it and we go, how come it didn't work or how come it did work or how can it work better? How many need basic training in this whole adventure of following and being transformed by Jesus? We all do. So shorthand, what is the mission or what is Jesus about on the earth? Someone help me out. You get a gold star in heaven. What's the great commandment? Not yet. So no one understands what we're saying. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I don't, I don't usually see this included in a list, but I added it. So and he also gives us the new command. And here's why I like adding this for what it's all about. Jesus turns to his disciples after washing their filthy feet. And he washes and he disrobes and he goes lower than the house servant or slave to, to model the kind of leadership and the kind of character and mobility and posture of those who claim to follow him. And he washes their feet. And after he washes their feet, he gets back to the table and says, guys, I give you a new command that you would love each other the way I loved you. And he says, by the way, with this self-emptying, going lower, cross-shaped, others-centered and focused love, when you buy into that thing, by this, verse 35 of John 13, all people will know you're my disciples. So I included new command because loving each other is sort of a big deal. Okay, great commission. What's the great commission? Next slide. Then Jesus came to them and said, read it with me, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make, and what's a disciple again? What's a disciple? Help me. Student. Following Jesus, changed by Jesus, mission of Jesus. <laughs> go and make those where? I like that. Cool. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And here it is. Teaching them to obey I've commanded you. And surely, here's the good news. I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Great commandment. Love me with all you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. New commandment. It's a peculiar kind of love. It looks like a cross. It looks like serving. It looks like not jockeying at the table for your position, but just giving it up so that the other person can shine. When you love like that, the world will know you're my students. And then the Great Commission, go and do that everywhere. Train people, call them, teach them to obey, to follow, to be transformed. Man, I got goosebumps because it's good stuff. Read this with me. Whoever claims to live in him must walk. So Jesus is our teacher and he's also the curriculum. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the one we're following. And he's the one who promised to, to be with us. He's the one who promised to never leave us or forsake us. He's the one who promised to be all that we would ever need if we'll follow him. 
So how did Jesus live is the question. Remember last week in the whole entire discipleship conference, Jesus' whole life was one long living prayer. Say prayer. Are you tracking with me? And if you think prayer, you think bowed head, closed knuckled hands, and you know, you know you, you're seeing a, a 0.1% of what prayer is from heaven's perspective. Prayer is the means through which we have all of life fellowship and relationship with God. Prayer. Are you tracking with me? That's, it, it has to be that because scripture commands us to pray without ceasing and at all times. And I can't do this while I'm driving. But you know what I can do? God, I'm ready. I'm available. What are you doing? What are you feeling right now about my colleague, my coworker, the meeting I'm about ready to go to? God, what do you think about when that person slandered me? What should we do? Should we respond in envy and anger? Should we respond in you tracking with me? Jesus lived his entire life like that in constant communion. Prayer. How many know prayer is our lifeline via, that it's, the, it's the channel through which we have relationship with God through prayer. Walking with God, dialogue, friendship, reliance, communication. Jesus lived like this always, a, a very brief review. He did nothing apart from his father. He said nothing apart from his father and he judged nothing apart from his father. In summary, Jesus was just sort of about What are you doing? I'm just modeling what his life was about. Read it with me. Jesus' whole life was about relationship with the Father through the Holy Spirit. Read it one more time. Jesus' whole life was about relationship with the Father through the Holy Spirit. And you may think, Chatty, I get this. No, 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 you never get this. It's new every day. Come on, it's, it's never anything, it's, it's always at least about relationship in our walk with God, amen? Always inclusive. So the one-liner today is this, it's all about relationship. You, you chew on it all week, it's all about relationship. And if you were with, with us last week, we looked um, a very, go online and I got the notes and all of the slides and everything on our website. You can't access it through your mobile device. I'm gonna talk to Clover and ask him why that we can't download stuff. But you can go on our desktop website and you can get the notes from last week and you'll see that Jesus gave us a prayer that sort of had six movements that articulated what it means to have a relationship and how to walk and how to have dialogue and communication. This is just a summary. I'm not gonna use my time to go through them. You can go check it out on our website. But I wanna press in to number one. Prayer is out of relationship. Pray out of relationship. He said this, this then is how you should pray. Our, read it with me, next slide. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, when you see the word pray, again, substitute, this is how you are to relate to God. This is how you're to have constant dialogue with God. Sub the word prayer. This is how you're meant to live all of life as my disciple. You tracking with me? Prayer is the lifeline. It's 24 and seven. God is active. He is moving. He is speaking. He has a will. He has a purpose. He has an agenda. And so when Jesus is saying, guys, this is how I want you to wrap your entire existence of relating to God. I want you to wrap it around the realm and the reality of relationship with the Father. You tracking with me? This is how you should pray. 
And then we already argued Jesus' whole life was a prayer. So here's, the, here's the, the implication. When we see through the lens of relationship, everything changes. Take a look at this video. seen those colors before, but I kind of knew what they were. That day changed my life. <laughs> my prayer is that the lens that you and I came in with, if it wasn't through the lens of relationship with the loving Father, that you would receive those glasses today and you'd be able to see color all around you that you'd be able to see the life that God has made available for you as a follower of his son, Jesus, that you would see vibrant color, realizing that there's a father that loves you, that knows your name, that doesn't call you by your sin. He doesn't ignore it, but he calls you by name. He took your sin and he put it on his boy so that he could call you to himself. And then as you acknowledge that, Jesus alone is the sufficient sacrifice for my sin. He comes and he woos and he draws you. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I couldn't help it. It is all about relationship. And when Jesus said, guys, when you pray, I want you to pray like this. The door I want all of your life, all of your communication, all of your dialogue, all of your doing, all of your being, all of your learning, all of your saying, I want it to be through the lens of relationship with a father, with a father. This is the gospel in like five slides. I had Brian design these for me. I hope you can read them. They're better on that than on there, so praise the Lord. Just in, in, in shorthand, you can remember this and you get them after online, in these beautiful slides he made for us. God's original intent for his world was that heaven and earth, that actually they should be overlapped. There was no separation. God was walking with humanity. You tracking with me? There was no sin, no separation. Heaven and earth were intertwined, inter intermingled. This is God's vision for us. And so we know the story. If you know anything about the scripture, you know that Adam and Eve usurped the authority of the king of the universe and they sought to create their own world apart from God. And so there was separation, there was death, there was decay, there was darkness. We see it manifested in Adam and Eve's first children. Cain murders his brother Abel. We just see it right out of the gate in the first family. The revelation of death and darkness and decay that caused a separation between heaven and earth. Are you tracking with me? 
And, and I, I don't know how to, I, I didn't know how to tell him how to draw it, but don't be dismayed. God is still a part of this world. Are you tracking with me? This isn't a dualistic God is over here. God has always been devoted to the earth. He just said, okay, now we got to do it a different way than just me walking with you or you'll get zapped by my holiness. Thus the separation and the need for sacrifice and mediation. When they fell, all of creation, human relationships, all of it fell with them. You know maybe the story. But God continued to make provision even in light of the darkness and the veil of sin and, 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 and death. And Jesus, if you look, you can see it starting to break away. I love this. Jesus is the, is the, the plan of God from before creation but there was a time about 2,000 years ago when the son looked to the father and he said, you know what, I'm sick of the separation. When the, father, when the son looked to the father in Psalm 40 and he said, father, it's been written about me in the scroll. I delight to do your will. And unlike every other human before me and every other human after me, I'm the only one that is going to be able to go into the teeth of sin and darkness and death and never usurp your authority. My whole life is gonna be a prayer, father. My entire life is gonna be lived in following your voice, your will, your agenda. Jesus Father, my entire life is going to be about bringing heaven to earth and the domain and dominion of darkness and sin and death and decay. And so the son comes. He takes on flesh. He becomes human. And you see what happens. Now, don't begin. It's a graphic, and so it only tells a partial story. The father and the Holy Spirit are obviously involved in the son. Are you tracking with me? So it's not dualistic, but it's just what we could do. It's what we showed we could show. So the son comes to the world and you see where sin was absolved and he actually becomes and assumes and takes upon himself the very root cause for the separation to begin with, which was rebellion and sin. Are you tracking with me? And so in the son, as he hung on the cross, this is just gospel of the kingdom stuff, he allows death and sin to have its best swing at him and after it drains itself on one person in one location in one human body on the sun, he absolves it, he tastes it, he drinks it, he bears it on his body and he spends three days in hell and then there's a jostle and a tossle and the keys of life and death are ripped away from the one to whom they were given, namely the enemy because of human rebellion and sin. And Jesus rises from the power of the Father and he, is, he rises from the grave and says, guys, I hold all authority, all the power, not just in God's domain any longer, but also in your domain, the earth, heaven and earth. And you see all of Jesus's life, next slide, was about bringing the two together. And now through Jesus, an orphan world longing to know if we're perpetually doomed to pig pens and pig feet in a land that is distant from Father's house, in a land that is always in famine, always over promises and never delivers, in a world that longs to know, is there a way back? And the answer is definitively yes through the Son. Yes through the Son. Yes, through the Son. Yes, through the Son. The world can't see the color because of the blindness of their unbelief and sin, but God in Christ extends the pair of glasses via relationship through which we're meant to see all of life. Relationship. Relationship is the place where heaven and earth overlap. Relationship is, 
Now, why was Jesus able to do all that he did on the earth? It was because, man, he was in perfect relationship with Papa and in alignment with Holy Spirit. So everywhere he went, heaven had its way. Are you tracking with me? He can roll up to his mother, to Peter's mother-in-law's house and say, fever, no problem, fever, be gone in Jesus' name. He can preach the greatest sermon ever told and be met by a filthy leper and he can say, no, 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 you don't understand, I'm willing. Be healed in Jesus' name. He can have a woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years to just touch the edge of his garment and say, you don't understand, that's not how it is in heaven. Be healed, your faith has saved you in Jesus' name. Jesus' entire life, there was no problem for heaven to invade the earth because he was always in perfect relationship relationship is the place where heaven and earth overlap. One verse summarizes this. I remember this got a hold of me when I was in college. (laughs) Read it with me. You read it. Go. One, two, three, go. Christ. I love it. Do you love it? Do you love that? Guys, this is how you're supposed to pray. Basic training. He's your father, our father. I'm changing the game. I change everything. It's all about relationship. A relationship now that is available to the world through Christ. Come on, somebody. This is good. This is good stuff. So in a prodigal world that lives as if God is dead, making a mess of the goodness of his creation, terminating those good things that he gave us for others on ourselves. In a distant country, how many know we don't have a proximity problem, we have a revelation problem? How many know God is everywhere? It's not a proximity problem, it's a revelation problem. Revelation to relationship. God is longing for a prodigal world and it starts one person at a time where we come to our senses. And I wanna say in the story, coming to your senses is not your own doing. It's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. It awakens your heart. It awakens your senses. So why are we trying to become a praying church? Because God has chosen sovereignly to partner with the prayers of his people to enlighten and to cause those that are dead in darkness and sin to be awakened through the prayers of his people and the agenda of heaven to be unleashed on those that need to come to their senses. We don't pray because God doesn't know. We pray because he's looking for partners. We don't pray because we let him in on what's happening in the mess of our world. We pray to become conduits and vessels through which heaven can come to earth. In a prodigal world, he's looking for those who would contend with him for a prodigal world to be adopted into his family. We don't come to our senses on our own. It's always a work of God. The father sees a long away off world and he doesn't sit smug and grimacing and growling. He runs to those who make that first step to himself. I love this phrase he gave me. The son fully embodies God's image in the world and he also fully expresses God's intent for the world, namely sons and daughters. He fully embodies and expresses the very intent and agenda of heaven. You skip the slide, go on to John 1.18. No one has ever seen God. Read it with me. It is God, the only son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. We're doing pretty good, right? Basic training, it's all about relationship. What God in Christ has done so that God could be called our Father. 
He's removed every obstacle and barrier. If you have barriers between you and the Lord, Jesus has already overcome them. Listen, he doesn't ignore them, but he's already overcome them if you'll acknowledge it today. Shame, things like, what is it that keeps us away from relationship? Anyone ever struggle with shame? Come on, how many have kids when you bust their chops and discipline? What's usually the first thing they do? And what does a father, (laughs) father goes and he grabs the jaw and says, don't you dare. You stepped out of line, but don't you dare. Don't you dare drop your head to your shoulders. I love you. That's why I'm disciplining you. Shame has been overcome through the blood of Jesus. Addiction and bondage and sin. The reason the Son of God even appeared was to totally destroy all of the works and all of its manifestations of Satan. The enemy has been defeated through the sending of the Son. So no matter what barrier, legitimate in your eyes or not, from heaven's perspective, he just sees someone. He's waiting for that turn so he can run and wrap a robe and a ring and shoes and throw a party for you. Jesus said, oh man, my prayer is that an orphan world father would just be one with us. I want a relationship with them. I want them to see everything through the lens of relationship. Jesus' whole life, he summarizes it in his last prayer, his last few moments, breathing air before his resurrected body. He prays this. I have made you known, Father. And I'm gonna continue to make you known for one purpose, in order that the love you have for me doesn't just stay with me, but it may be in them also. My whole agenda, Father, was to do your works, was to live a life of living prayer, of relationship, humble reliance upon you, looking to you and your Holy Spirit. And my whole life was, what are you doing? And here's how I should respond. What are you saying? And here's what I should say. Where are you going? And I'll go. His whole life, if you were with us, And here he is at the end of his life praying, you know, in between drops of blood and the gasp and realizing the weight of which is going to be placed upon his shoulders willingly. And he's praying that we would know the love of a father. He's praying praying that those in distant countries stuck in perpetual cycles of famine would taste the life-giving, nourishing love of relationship with the father who's not mad but who loves them and who can't wait to run after them. Jesus can say, guys, this is eternal life, summarized, that they would know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Guys, life is found in Jesus, and when we have a relationship with Jesus, it's where heaven and earth overlap, and when we have Jesus, no matter what comes against us, it's already been overcome, because Jesus, by the way, has all authority in heaven and on earth. This is just basic training stuff. 101, you think this is rookie stuff. No, 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 it's not rookie. This is our lifeline. It's all about relationship. The second you think it's about you going off on your own, doing something for God and not with God, you're toast. He's looking for partners for the two to become one that we can finish each other's sentences because we come so familiar with his ways through his word, by his spirit, and through fellowship with others who are a little farther, maybe a little bit behind, but that God even wants to speak through children to reveal his grandeur and his beauty and his glory, his nature and his ways. Guys, eternal life is knowing this. He's a father that he loves us. 
eternal life. And that, that phrase, that word, is, it, it's not just we go to heaven someday, but that we partake of the age to come now. We partake of life with no restrictions and boundaries or separation in Christ. Heaven has come and been deposited in your heart by the Spirit. What else does it mean when it says the Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our internal inheritance? What's a deposit? It is what is our future presently manifesting in our life. Heaven and earth overlap where? In relationship. I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of places out in the world, in my neighborhood, when I see the stranger where heaven needs to invade, where people are bound under the lie and the illusion that life is about them and that they're stuck in their sin. I need to see heaven overlap a little bit more. I don't know about you. But he says the only way it happens is by knowing me. It's about relationship. Guys, when you pray, pray our Father. Because he's your father. I've made him. It's, it's a reality that you can live and function in. Read this verse with me. How great is the love? Read it. One, two, three. How great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Who would say, that's good enough for me? I'll take it. A few of you. Who would say, that's good enough for me? <sighs> I'll take it. When you pray, guys, your whole life of relating to me, it's all going to be through relationship. I'm not looking for robots. I'm looking for lovers. I'm not looking for people who just want to go out ahead of me and think they're doing that. I want people who will walk with me and obey me in everything. How great is the love? Has anyone experienced that love today? I'll never forget when that became more when it became more than a, a sentence that I've memorized, when it became real, it changed everything in my life. I was 16 years old. I was alone, and the Lord came in my room, and he said, I've got you. And the beauty of being got by God is that you get him, too. It's a pretty good change, if you ask me, a pretty good exchange, if you ask me. So where do we go from here? Ah, oh, great question. I came up with a cheesy acronym, so get over yourself. Come on, I'm preaching good. Y'all may not act like it. This is good. These last two weeks have just been a thrill. God, he just did something through that conference. I'm ruined forever. Blame God. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to really trying to help us. I don't want to preach good. I want you to get it. I want this to change your Monday. I want it to change your lunch break. I want it to change... Your marriage, I want the reality of our father being an all of life reality to influence how you parent and grandparent. I want it to infiltrate and influence how you spend your time and your resources because we're disciples, we're students of a king and the king is trying to bring heaven and earth. He already did on his, but he's saying, guys, I want that to be the reality of your life. And so cheesy acronym, get over yourself, is train. Where do we go from here? Ha, I forgot what they are. I gotta look at my notes. Uh, anyone having fun? This is so fun. I'm having a blast at your expense. Praise the Lord. So how, do we, how does this become a functional reality? Well, T, train, starts with time. You can't do it without time spent with God. Sorry, not sorry. Think of your marriage or your friendship or your best friend. How did you get to that place of friendship and familiarity and intimacy and community with them? You spent 
Come on, somebody. How many know we, we hope that it's other than with God? We can pray a prayer, pray a magic prayer, and just do what we want and go to heaven someday. Eh, not God's agenda for your life. It's to have a relationship with you tangibly, literally every moment of every day. And how do we train ourselves with this? We gotta spend time with them. And I challenge all of you, if you're taking notes, man, block that puppy off, that scheduled time in your iCal or your, if you're an Android, I don't even know how to relate to Android people. Um, no offense, I'm just having fun. Hot water, moving on. Time, block it off. Call it FaceTime, call it God time, call it D time, call it love time. I don't care what you call it, but block it off. How many know the first thing that usually goes in our schedule when we're busy is the most important thing that we should guard? Time. Are you tracking? Who would say I'm guilty, but I'm not guilty because I'm in Christ, but I'm learning? <laughs> Come on, people. This is basic training. Get your, get your muscles ready. We're learning. We're training. T, time, and then R. Okay, you got it. It's the message today. It's all about relationship with God, not on a Sunday for an hour and a half, but all day, every day. Come on, someone say all day, every day. And the I and the L, it's, it, this is totally from Hal Perkins. He's a spiritual father, so everything he has is mine, just like everything the father had was Jesus's. I'm taking it. And he actually emailed me this week, and yeah, I'm happy. So the I represents the vertical relationship, relationship here. Someone do this. Come on. Relationship with God all day, every day. When? And how often? relationship. Boom. Talk to him. Listen to him. Put the audio Bible on. Put the worship on. Talk to a friend. Call up someone who's farther down the road. There's a billion ways to facilitate this. We have access more than we could even think with our smartphones. Relationship, learning, worshiping. Since, okay, all day. And the L, what does L represent? All throughout our day, horizontal, what we see, what we experience, check in with Father, and then respond from heaven's perspective. That's the L. Are you tracking? Someone do the L. Come on. So I'm not the only weird one. So it's about relationship. Come on, vertical. We can do nothing. We can do nothing apart from you, Jesus. Come on. That's a Bible verse, John 15, 5. I can do nothing. So it's about relationship all day. But then I don't want to do anything without you all day because you're amazing. You're the king. I'm the student. You're the teacher. So all day, what I see, I'm checking in and I'm going to release. See, and how many know it's not that slow? I mean, it's super fast, but how many know we can get trained to do it better every day? Okay. T-R, relationship. A, I like this one. Ask. How many know there is an endless supply of grace, mercy, help, and every other kingdom adjective through Christ by the Spirit? You just got to ask. Anytime you feel lack rising up in your spirit, man, don't try to discern and figure it out yourself. You need to look up to the one who's given you everything you need for life and godliness. Train, time, our relationship, A, ask. Whatever you need, I've got it. I can't wait to answer that prayer for more grace, for more power, for being witnesses, being the UK, amen, hallelujah. I like I, this one was cute, I I cheated. There's two I's. Imitate through intimacy. Whoa, come on, someone say that with me. Imitate through intimacy. So don't go out there, I think of the sons of Sceva who are trying to do kingdom stuff without intimacy. They don't know Jesus, but they're trying to do magic stuff for Jesus. And Just read Acts 19, shouldn't have even brought it up, I'm sorry. Okay, let's zero in. We're almost done. Imitate through intimacy. So it's all about relationship again. I'm just saying the same thing. Jesus says words, deeds, attitudes, and actions. But the only way we can imitate that if we become familiar with your ways, your word, your purposes. 
How do I do that? Well, we can do it ourselves. Remember, Jesus, by his spirit, is always teaching and discipling us, but we do it by being together. How many know there's people in this room who are further down the road than you? You can imitate them. You can follow them. That's what we do, journey groups, discipleship groups, all groups. You know, we're trying to get connected so that through imitation, through familiarity, friendship, by his spirit and his word and what we see in others, that God by his spirit can let that become true of our life as well. And then the last one, I like this. I totally cheated on this because I ran out of creativity. And train, nothing, read it with me, nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing will be impossible for you. So never give up. We're talking about training. I cheated, but go with it. Time. Relationship, ask, intimacy, imitate through intimacy, and then the three ends. If you do this, there ain't nothing, someone say, there ain't nothing. Ain't nothing that can separate me or come against me, and so I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to give up. Come on, Patricia. Being confident of this, that the one who began a good work, and I want to say began a good work, someone say, he's done a good work in me. He will carry it on to completion. Come on, how many will take that promise and say, I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust the promise. And every day, I'm going to seek by his spirit and grace together through his word. I'm going to seek, I'm going to get a little bit more fit. I'm going to put this puppy into practice. Jesus is my king. It's all about relationship. Could you stand with me? I want to close this out. Praise his name. Thank you for sticking with me. Was it worth your time? Don't tell me. It's okay. The obvious question is, do you have that relationship with Papa? You don't got to go over hurdles or then he's already overcome all those things, but it's called repentance. It's called, okay, I'm not king. You are. I want to follow you. I want to rethink. I want a new mind. I want to see the world through different lens. I want to see the color that you've splashed all throughout this thing, but it's only seen through relationship. I want to see the kingdom, and the only way I can see what you're doing around me is by having relationship with the king. Are you tracking with me? And so if that's you, if you want to put your faith in Jesus, just do it. Just say, Jesus, I trust you as king today. I acknowledge that you are the Lord of heaven and earth. I acknowledge that you are the savior of the world. I acknowledge that you are the best teacher, the greatest and only master and Lord that I want to follow. Lord, I've made a mess of my life, but you specialize in messes and making them beautiful and washing me and cleaning me, and setting me on a path, on a journey, that I get to walk with you and others forever. And this, I mean, that's, I'm saying that's the beginning, but then a whole life of following, but it really is. We just put our trust in him. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Jesus. And after the service, we have prayer teams. If you want to know more about that, we want to directly encourage you and coach you on how to do that. But before we go, I want to send you with this promise. It's from God's word. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. What does that mean? It means that your whole life would be set apart for him and for relationship for his purposes. That's what it means. May God himself, so God does it, we just respond in obedience. May he set you apart totally for a relationship with himself. 
And may your whole spirit, soul, and body, so your whole, you, you, all of you, would be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many would say, I'd like that to be true of me? Oh, and by the way, verse 24, the one who calls you to this, he is faithful and he's going to do it. Let me say it again. The one who calls you to this lifestyle, he's faithful and he will do it. Who wants to be a partner as you leave this place? You want to be a partner with the one who's going to do it. So, Lord, send us now with so much joy we couldn't contain it. We pray for restaurants, for baristas, for grocery, wherever we're going now, that, Lord, the radiance that comes from relationship with God would just eke out and ooze on everybody. That sounds weird, but just go with it. God, we ask that an orphan world all around us would realize there's a loving father that can't wait to wrap his arms around them, that you might just want to communicate and embody that love through us. Lord, we say yes to it. We say no to fear. What if they ask? We say no. Well, I'm not prepared. We say no. No, 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 no. You have all that you need in Christ Jesus. It ain't about you anyway, but just be a partner. Be a friend. Be someone who talks about your best friend, who loves and looks and serves like Jesus. And by his grace, man, you're going to be surprised what can get done today and this week. Father, send us now by your spirit. We love you and we look to you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone shouted amen Amen. and amen.